All right. Hello, fellow humans. We are live uh, this time from my office. Uh, when I when I do my broadcasting from my garage, the last couple times anyway, uh, completely lost connect- connection about halfway through, and that's no fun. And uh, this time I don't have anybody else on here with me. So if I bail out, uh, it's dead air, and that's never a good thing. Uh, also, it is uh, freezing in the garage. So there's also that. Um, so this is a little bit more comfortable. Um, I, I'm going to try to keep it fairly short anyway. Um, I'm doing something a little different. I, I'm responding to a couple of comments. And uh, while I do normally respond to comments in writing, I've never responded to comments over a video. And as, uh, as Bo of the fifth column said, um, don't read your comments. Um, but he gets thousands and thousands of comments per video, and I don't. So it's a lot easier for me to read the uh, three or four comments that I do get. Uh, and for the most part, it's just regular basic things, uh, nothing really much to, to write home about or, or worthy of making a video about. But uh, I, I wanted to do a just a brief response to a couple of the comments that came up over the last week in regards to the uh, Brandon Bernard situation and kind of more on capital punishment in general. And I actually did a recorded video last night on this and I think I was tired and I didn't like how it was coming out. It wasn't, it just, it wasn't working. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to make this a, a weekly wrap topic. So that's what I did. Um, Feral human. It's good to see you here. I'm glad can make it. There's also, it's beneficial to be starting a little bit early since I know you're on the East Coast and I had a couple other people who are on the East Coast who may or may not be joining us shortly. So um, I'll just start off by uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to just read the two comments that I want to respond to first. And I'm going to give my little response and then I'm going to do my take on, well, the death penalty in general and then I also wanted to talk about the ACLU's position on the death penalty. And uh, I'll, I'll get into why I wanted to talk about the ACLU specifically um, in a little bit. But I'll just start off by getting to just the two comments that I specifically wanted to respond to. Again, this is not something I would normally do. Uh, I don't think that uh, normally it would merit me even putting in the time to do a video to respond to comments, particularly this, this one in particular. Um, as I said before, I, I usually moderate the comments. So a lot of times I won't even allow comments if I feel like they're particularly disrespectful or crass or anything. But this was kind of a heated topic. You know, death penalty is a is a kind of a controversial topic. So I felt like this might be a one that would be appropriate to respond to. So, uh, okay, so I'm going to read this comment. It starts off freedom of speech. I don't know why it says freedom of speech. I don't know if that's some kind of qualifier or like a pre-designation to say, hey, this is freedom of speech, what I'm about to say. So don't edit me or don't censor me. I'm not sure if that's what that's about. Uh, Clearly, that's not what freedom of speech is. Uh, I'm not a government entity. Uh, I, I have the right, obviously, to moderate and remove comments at will, just like YouTube has the right to remove videos at will. That's not a freedom of speech issue. That's just a private industry issue. Anyway, starts off freedom of speech. What if it was your parents? You'd feel different, though, right? 
Are you serious? This dude killed people and I'm supposed to care what happens to him. Did he care when they killed him? Uh, when they killed when they killed them? No. If it wasn't for him, the crime would, wouldn't happened. He took them to go kill them. Without him driving them, there was... There, those people wouldn't been dead, so he just as guilty as the murders. So, oh well. If it was your family, would you really care? Those people he killed, family hearts was broken too. Point being what? But I guess we supposed to look over that and care about the murder feelings. Are you effing serious? If he was 16 and killed two people, he shouldn't did what he did. If this was a white man who killed a black family, just like Breonna Taylor, Trayvon Martin, you'd be burning buildings wanting that white man to pay. So stop being a effing hypocrite when MFR was just burning up stores and marching for I can't breath and Wendy's. And then she actually gives me the middle finger. <laughs> yeah, I said it. <laughs> they did exactly what you wanted them to do. Make the bad people who murder other people to pay. Stop with the conflicting, contradicting. Whew. Okay, that sounded even longer-winded actually reading it out loud. Um, I've read, I read it in my head a few times. I never actually read it out loud. Um, so, yeah. So, <laughs> again, that's not the type of comment that I would typically even bother responding to at all, let alone make a video about. But because of the kind of gravity of this particular situation with, with what happened with Brandon Bernard and then just with the controversy of capital punishment in general i i just wanted to kind of touch on it now this comment is classic uh sort of textbook like this is the kind of confirmation bias like 10th man thinking that i really get into um i mean 95 percent of this comment is just emotional it's just emotionally charged bullshit um for lack of a better word, uh, there's a lot of projecting. There's a lot of just non sequiturs, things that have nothing to do with, with the topic. Um, what if your parent, what if it was your parents, you'd feel different though, right? Yeah. That's why you can't sit on your parents, uh, juries. You you can't be a jury if your parents are, um, on trial. Okay. That's kind of simple. Um, this dude killed people and I'm supposed to care what happens to him. Did he care when they killed them? No. Okay. And then it goes on for a while. I don't need to go through each little line item by item here. One thing I want to say is nobody in this conversation, at least not myself and no reasonable person that has been commenting or that I've talked to even outside of this YouTube channel, nobody has been saying that Brandon Bernard should have been let go, exonerated, forgiven, given mercy, whatever. Um, not even Kim Kardashian. And she was all over Twitter. She's been, she's been trying to implore Donald Trump to uh, commute a sentence. Nobody was talking about letting him go. It was about changing the sentence to life in prison without parole. That was it. So we're not talking about forgiving him. We're not talking about oh, you know, he's, he's a hero and he didn't do anything wrong. No, we're talking about an appropriate level of punishment and that a lot of people, obviously, with, I mean, oh, I, think, I think close to a million people ended up signing that petition. Um, a lot of people didn't feel that 
death penalty was justified in this particular case. The other, the other question is, should there be a death penalty period? And that's another topic for discussion. As I said in my first video, um, I don't have a pure black or white view on the death penalty per se. Um, I, I did say that there are, there are definitely extreme cases where I do think that, that people deserve to die. Um, but that even, even that is, is an emotional position, really. I mean, because if you have somebody locked away for life, they're no longer a threat to society, whether they're alive or dead really doesn't make any difference to you, to your life and to society. So killing the person you, one could argue is kind of a, uh, an emotional, it's an emotionally charged reaction. Look, look, I mean, if you look at the comment, it is extremely emotional. I wouldn't be surprised if, if this person perhaps had, had some kind of something happened to someone in their family, maybe. And I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sympathetic with that and I, I can I can get behind that. I can understand the emotional aspect that goes into it. But it goes it get, I mean it starts to get pretty pretty insulting and uh, really ridiculous. And and as I said normally I, I would not even be wasting my time uh responding to this. It doesn't bother me. It's just it's just um it's it's not representative of of what I'm about or what I said or anything. But um, so let me just go through this again. So yeah, if it was your family, would you really care? Again, that's why you don't sit on your family's jury. That's why you don't, you're not the judge for your family. It doesn't work that way. Um, and then it says, we're supposed to look over this and care about the murderer's feelings. Okay. So this is where it gets interesting. So again, again, we're not talking about exoneration here. We're just talking about the sentence being life in prison, like literally never stepping foot into the free world for the rest of his life. Um, and then she says, if he was 16 and killed two people, he shouldn't did what he did. Now I'm not sure, you know, this is obviously, this is like YouTube style of, of, uh, of uh, writing. So, you know, you know, like grammar is not always super clear what the intent is, but I think she might have misheard me in my explanation, what I said was that he was 18 at the time of the crime and he had, there was actually in this part, I think I missed in the first video. Uh, he had, there was another person uh, in the group that was also 18 or older, he was at least 18. And he was executed. I believe he was executed in August of this year. So he did, he did face that death, death sentence. Uh, however, there are three, two or three others who were under 18 who are now free. Uh, they actually already met their their parole and they're out simply because they were under 18 at the time of the crime. In fact, I mean, Brandon Bernard wasn't actually the one that pulled the trigger. So if she's saying that if he was 16, it shouldn't matter, uh, then obviously it's not that's not the case because he, he was 18 Uh if he was 16, it absolutely would have mattered. The Supreme Court has already ruled that uh, it is unconstitutional to execute somebody who was under the age of 18 at the time of the crime. Whatever the crime is, you are automatically protected from execution if you committed a crime before you turned 18. 
So that's also part of what goes into this argument here is that this person was as an arbitrary age, you know, within years, I mean, really within days of, of a different outcome uh, in terms of what, what if his age was 17. So that's one part of it. And then, um, yeah, and I'm, I'm going to get into this a little bit more later when I talk about the constitutional part of it, but it being um, the fact that he was so close to being underage, um, the idea being that like with, with the death penalty being as um, inconsistently applied across the board as it is, that is kind of problematic. And, and one of the things that came up, which is, which is why five of the original nine um, members of his jury now had changed their mind about him getting the death sentence. The reason why they changed their mind was that um, new evidence had come up that indicated that uh, he was not the ringleader of this particular gang and him being the ringleader basically by default because of the fact that he was 18, that was a big part of the, the um, compelling evidence to make this a death sentence case was him being the, the shot caller. And it came out later that he wasn't. And this was apparently being withheld from evidence in his trial this came out after the fact. It didn't change the outcome. They didn't do an appeal, or if they did, it didn't didn't go through. But because of that, these five jurors changed their mind. They said this was something that was that was important to know. This is one of many reasons why there was this um, mass uh, sort of protest over over the death sentence in this particular case. Okay, I think I spent enough time on this comment already. Um, the only other thing I would say is just talk about projection, man. Like uh, if this was a white man who killed a black family like Breonna Taylor, Trayvon Martin, you'd be burning building. You be burning buildings. Uh, want that white man to pay. Um, so it's weird. It's, it's weird to tell somebody who like, again, I didn't say I was against the death penalty, but I did say that I was, um, it had to be really extreme cases. Um, I, and I was talking about like Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer types like that. Um, bringing up a person such as a Breonna Taylor, Trayvon Martin situation. I don't think that really has the, the kind of um, uh, makes the kind of point that you think it does. Um, that's actually kind of, a bad example because these are people who uh, particularly with Trayvon Martin, I mean, George Zimmerman followed him and was told by the police to stop following him. He approached him with a gun. So, you know, when you're talking about somebody's intent, um, I, I just, I don't think that those are particularly good examples to be using um, n never mind the fact that no, obviously I'm not burning buildings. I, I would, I would love, I would love everybody to go back and watch all my videos. In fact, it'd be win-win because it would be getting more views on my videos. But I would love somebody to go back and find one time where I gave uh, an ounce of support to anybody committing riots, 
or burning down buildings or anything like that. I've never condoned that at all. So again, that's just kind of a, a pointless thing. I don't even know what Wendy's is about and then yeah, it flips me off. Um, this is, they did exactly what you wanted to do. Anyway, the, the point here is that uh, nobody was trying to say that this person was a hero. Um, we were trying to say that perhaps execution was a little bit extreme in this situation. Um, I, I went off on a, uh, on a rant there. So I'm going to go back and check the comments. Okay. So feral human said, I missed the first five minutes, had to reload the page to get it. Okay. So just uh, not sure where you started or what you might've missed. I, I basically was just going through the last comment, uh, the, the first comment that was very, very emotionally charged comment. And uh, I think, as I said before, I normally wouldn't even give that kind of comment at the time of day, uh, written response, let alone a video response. Um, okay, I thought I saw the comment you're talking about and thought it was strange. What are they doing on your channel? <laughs> yeah, so that's and that's true. Um, I, as I said, I started moderating comments because I, I had I started getting a particular, particularly pesky fellow who uh, liked to follow me around and, and actually he would create new accounts. Um, in fact, you could actually identify if it was a particular person because their account would have just been created like that day because I kept blocking him from my channel and then he would create new accounts. Um, so that's fine. You know, I, I figure, I figure like if you're, if you're ruffling feathers, if you're pissing some people off, you gotta be doing something right. Um, and you know, any publicity is, is good publicity. So yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what, um, I don't know why that person even responded. Um, it, it, the, the level of projection that existed there was just kind of insane. Um, you know, but again, I guess it is, it is the internet and, and normally, uh, oftentimes I won't even like put a comment like that up. I, I just, because I just, you know, I like to have a kind of an air of, positivity and healthy discourse. I, I definitely don't mind disagreements, but um, I, I do expect people to have a certain level of respect, but the, the, the kinds of things that this person was saying was just so over the top ridiculous that um, I, I kind of just wanted to respond just because um, again, it is a, it is a heated topic. Um, but anyway, that's enough of that. That's enough of the, uh, emotionally charged kind of ridiculous comment. The other comment I wanted to respond to was this was from uh, Mark Macias. So this is um, this is the, this is a person that I know through my friend Jose, who was I was on the stream a couple weeks ago, and uh, this was a much more thoughtful, you know, respectful comment. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take issue with it. I'm gonna pick it apart here, but. I did appreciate the fact that it was respectful and uh, it tried to come, tried to come from a place of, you know, logic, I guess. Um, and not coming at me with like, Oh, you're horrible. You support people burning down buildings. You, you know, mother effort. So that's always nice. <laughs> okay. So the comment was, it is a hard task to determine the guilt and or how to punish another person for unlawful acts. It's my understanding this person took part in crime that took the lives of two people and not knowing the case details, I'm not entirely sure I disagree with the execution. The loss of two lives is extreme by any measure. 
To say that it wasn't planned and should not be punished to the same degree as deliberate act to end a life is a little off-putting. Death caused by someone, someone committing unlawful acts, whether it is premeditated or accidental, is of no consequence to me if the criminal willing made, willingly made this choice to disregard others' well-being. So if I'm understanding this comment correctly, and I don't know if Mark is here in the chat right now, um, because I can see that there are people watching, but I can't see who they are. So <laughs> I would just like to know for clarification. So are you saying that any single time a death occurs by the action of somebody else, it, it should be a death penalty case? Uh, and because I just want to clarify, it says the loss of two lives is extreme by any measure to say that it wasn't planned and should not be punished to the same degree as deliberate act to end a life is a little off-putting. So, so what, what I'm hearing here is if I, let's say I'm drunk and I run a pedestrian over and I kill them, um, that should be met with the same, with the same punishment as Ted Bundy, who raped and murdered 36 women. Now, I'm not, I'm not even necessarily saying that we, we have to write off death penalty for the drunk person. Obviously, I think you would know my position. I, I said before that I think death penalty should be extreme, extreme cases only. But let's just say, okay, maybe that's a, maybe that's a discussion we could have. But do you really, you really don't see any kind of moral difference between that case and Ted Bundy or the guy who eats people and buries them under his house. Like I'm just saying there's a love, there, there's a spectrum here. Okay. But what I'm, what I'm un trying to understand from this comment is it seems to be saying that anytime a, a death happens and, and not even necessarily a murder, because it says right here, Death caused by someone committing unlawful acts, whether it's premeditated or accidental, is of no consequence to me if the criminal willingly made this choice to disregard others' well-being. So uh, let me just check the chat. Okay, so I'm not seeing any, any comments here. So I'm going to go ahead and assume that that's what that person is saying, that um, if a person is killed, if a loss of life happens in the action of a, a crime, the committing a crime, then that person should be put to death. I can't assume anything else because my video, my video was about putting someone to death. It wasn't about letting the guy go. It wasn't about saying he didn't do it. It wasn't about forgiving him. It was just about should we put him to death or not? That was it. So if you take issue with my stance on that, and you're throwing this example about any time a loss of life happens, then, then why the hell were you defending Kyle Rittenhouse? Three weeks ago, we're doing a discussion with Jose. And the thing is, I was reading this comment and I'm like, like this describes the Kyle Rittenhouse situation to a letter. The loss of two lives, which I believe, I believe it was two people that were killed in the case with Kyle Rittenhouse. By any measure, and to say that it wasn't planned, okay, we could argue that it, I'll give Kyle the benefit of the doubt. I'll, I'll give him that. He did not plan for anyone to die. I, I, and I'm not even, I don't necessarily 
know that that's true, but I'll, let's just give it to him. Let's just say it wasn't planned. Should not be punished to the same degree as deliberate as deliberate act is a little off-putting. So it's off-putting for me to draw a distinction between an accidental loss of life and a deliberate one. That's what I'm reading here. Feel free to jump in here and, and explain to me what I'm misunderstanding about that. But that's what I was reading. And what I really, what I really was wondering about was how do you defend somebody that illegally carries weapons across state lines? And yes, uh, it's, not just an, it's not just a distance. I know this was something that came up in the chat also. Um, it does matter because the thing is, when you take weapons across state lines, you really hurt your, your stand, your ground defense. The whole idea, uh, you know, your castle, your, your, I think that's what they call it, the castle defense. You're protecting yourself, your home. You have a certain level of ability granted to you to, to defend yourself, right? If you carry illegal weapons to another state, it's pretty hard to justify self-defense. And the fact that he was actually ordered by the chief of police to stay out. So he committed a crime. That is, that is indisputable. There is no argument there. He did not have the legal right to carry those weapons. And at the end of the night, two people died from him. So I would like to know your explanation for why Kyle Rittenhouse shouldn't be put to death and why Brandon Bernard and apparently every other person in the world who, who is in a situation where somebody loses their life, why they should be put to death. Uh, I, I would love to hear that, um, but I, I don't know if this person is here. Um, so I've got some more comments from Farrell. Uh, perhaps this comment is someone who believes in an eye for an eye type of punishment. Yeah, well, again, and that's why I was curious because, um, again, it's one of those things where if you're going to take an extreme position, you have to be consistent. And for me, I'm, I'm not saying that every person that commits a murder should be executed. I'm also not saying that execution should be hundred percent off the table all the time. I'm saying that there's a lot of nuance to it. And the whole overarching point is about the idea that there is not a lot of consistency in how this is applied. You have people like Scott Peterson who, uh, you know, he murdered his wife. This was right here in California, right right in the Bay Area, right near where I am. Uh, murdered his, his eight-month pregnant wife, and he got the death penalty because of the extenuating circumstances, the, the egregiousness of the fact that he murdered his wife and his unborn child, Connor. Um, just earlier this year, they overturned it. So now he's he's got a life sentence. So... You know, that seems a little bit wrong. Take another person, Susan Smith. She murdered her, her two kids, drowned them in her car, who, by the way, uh, had falsely reported that a, a black man had hijacked her car. Um, eventually came out that she actually had drowned them. So she's actually up for parole in less than four years. She's, she's up for parole in 2024. She murdered her kids in 1995. Her 18 month old. And I believe it was a three-year-old 18 month, three, four-year-old, I think 
she's going to be up for parole in less than four years. Again, is that something that we think is just? Is that is that a is that an equal application of the law? I don't know. But if you're going to say that um, Brandon Bernard should be put to death, I don't know how people like that are are uh, are let off. That seems um, yes. Thank you. Yes, that's the magic. That's the uh, what a what a coincidence, right? What a, what a shock! Like wow, that's just got to be a random random coincidence that they just yeah they just happen to be white and 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 one of them actually just just happened to say a black person uh stole her car um yeah and and this is where we get into the 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 facts here now i i uh, i took a liberty of citing the aclu page so the aclu page that i've cited is their complete dissertation on why they are against the death penalty and at the bottom of that page is a list i i would not it, it it's much easier for me to paste the link to the aclu page than to paste the uh links to these source sources because they have literally about let's see here i mean at least at least 50 50 sources here of of studies so, I mean, they did extensive, there's extensive um, research to back this up. So I'm just going to kind of be talking in general terms because there's a, there's a whole lot of stuff. If you go to this page that I've linked, um, it, it, go, it goes into a lot of detail. So I'm not going to go over everything with a fine-tooth comb, obviously. Um, but suffice it to say that of some of the things they found was that there's a heavily, heavily disproportionate application of the death penalty against African-Americans in this country over white people in this country. And at the same time, the victims in death penalty cases uh, are much, much more high uh, uh, white people. When, when white people are the victims, the death penalty rate goes way higher. And uh, it's the same in, in inverse with, with black people. When, when black people are the victims, the rate of the of, of an execution punishment goes down and uh and black people are victims of crime at a higher rate than white people now this is all facts this is not my opinion this is not an emotionally based argument and, and again the, the the link that i put in my video has all of this outlined in it and it gets into and, and you can go down to the bottom if you have if you need if you're trying to fall asleep or if you're just bored or need some good reading material, you can go down and look through all these articles. There's a whole bunch of of, of sources that that back this up. But yes, yeah, so um, so that's the first part. So then now I just want to kind of get into some of what the ACLU has to say. So um, oh hey Jose Jose's here. All right, um, just in time for after I just talked about your brother. <laughs> um, but you can always watch this back on the replay. So, um, so what the ACLU says is that they, they cite the eighth amendment, the cruel and unusual punishment. And, and I'm, and I'm going to go into this saying that like, I'm still not a hundred percent anti death penalty. I will say that, um, when, uh, when what happened with Brandon Bernard happened, I, I heavily rethought it. Uh, but that's not to say that I've changed my mind on it because I definitely do still believe that, you know, the, the Ted Bundy types, there's, there's a lot of extreme situations where, where I think it's merited. 
But anyway, I'm just going to, so I'm, I'm saying that to say that I'm going to go through some of the ACLU points um, just for sort of, I guess, educational purposes, educational for myself too, because I just read up on some of this yesterday and I was kind of fascinated by some of what I read. So some of the arguments about death penalty, you know, we've already heard, we just talked about like the misapplication, the disproportionate application of it across, across the, the field, across uh, whites and blacks. Um, and then innocent people being, being put to death. That's, that's a argument that people make as well that, uh, and, and the ACLU was citing that since 1973, over 156 people have been released from death row and, uh, nationally one person is exonerated from the death penalty for every 10 that are executed. So, you know, that obviously raises the natural question, which is how many of those other 10 are also actually innocent um, that 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 got executed. Now, interesting spin on that, and this is my my dad, who was a defense attorney. He he was. Um, I think he's anti death penalty, but he's also he's also. It's it's again, it's kind of one of those complicated things where he, he's against the death penalty in theory, but he's also not against its application in certain instances, but his, his point was that, uh, and this is coming from a lawyer, so it's just a different kind of perspective, but the appeals process when you're on death row is super rigid. Like they, they go through with a fine tooth comb, um, with, through your case appeals, appeals courts will look at your case, uh, much more readily and with more frequency and more, um, fervor i guess just because your uh, your life is at stake and so the idea being that if you're innocent and you're on death row you have a much better chance of getting exonerated than if you were on life sentence if you're if you're in prison for life they don't they don't give you as much uh, attention now that's that's going off of what my dad said i don't i don't know personally um you know the details of that but some food for thought um and i'm just going to go through a couple of the objections that the ACLU has. Okay. So these, these were interesting to me because these are things that some of them were things, like I said, like the, this, the racial disparity, the, what if you kill an innocent person, you know, those are the things that I, you know, kind of already thought about, but their first, their first point is capital punishment is cruel and unusual. So, and I don't know if I mentioned earlier, but the Supreme court has ruled that it's, it's not cruel and unusual in and of itself, it, it's more dependent on the the application and the the method, the method of of death. So that's that's just the, that's the Supreme Court position. Um, but their position is that it is, and they use for cruel. It's cruel because it's a relic of the earliest days of of uh, penalties when slavery, branding, and other corporal punishments were commonplace. It's a barbaric practice. They have no place in a civilized society. Okay, so those are the those are the reasons why they say it's cruel. The reasons why they say it's unusual, I was it was interesting to me that is unusual because the United States is the only Western industrialized nation to still engage in this punishment, and it's also unusual because only a random sampling of convicted murders in the United States receives a sentence of death. Now, this was interesting to me because it is it is true. It's definitely true, as we talked about earlier when we brought up. Uh, Susan Smith, and we brought up Scott Peterson, just for a couple examples there. Um, 
it is it is not consistently applied across the board. Absolutely. And now that's an argument that I've made for why it's oftentimes unfair. Um, but I never thought to use it as an argument for why it's unusual. But it, it, it does say in there, if we're going by the Constitution, cruel and unusual punishment. You're protected from cruel and unusual punishment. That's hard to say all at once. Cruel and unusual punishment. Cruel and unusual punishment. Anyway, so, but it's unusual. And, I, and that's, that's kind of true. When I think of unusual, I always would think of like, um, like torturous types of things, like things that were just, you know, stretching somebody apart or something like that. But, but, you know, again, that's kind of a semantic thing. I think that's an interesting point though. The fact that it's not, it's not applied with a consistent basis. The next one was capital punishment denies due process of law. So another one that I was very interested in because uh, due process is also a constitutionally guaranteed right. When you execute somebody, you forever deprive that person of the chance to prove their innocence in the future. So kind of, kind of speaks for itself, but I think that's another interesting point. And then I'm going to skip around here a little bit. Okay. The death penalty is not a viable form of crime control. This is where they, they pulled police chiefs across the country and very, very consistently across the, across the board, they were, the, the police chiefs cited the death penalty as being the least effective in terms of, of uh, being a deterrent to crime. Um, it actually says, when police chiefs were asked to rank the factors in their judgment, reduce the rate of violent crime, they mentioned curbing drug use and putting more officers on the street, longer sentences, and gun control. They ranked the death penalty as least effective. And actually, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just copy that link really quick because I'm going to add that to my video because I am, I, like I said before, I don't like to just spew bullshit and make stuff up. So uh, I'm going to, this is not my opinion. This is off of the, the website here. So let me go back to the one I was at here. And I saw I had some comments. I just want to make sure I don't lose my page I was at. Okay. All right. And then, and then the, the one other one that I thought was interesting was that opposing the death penalty doesn't indicate a lack of sympathy for murder victims. Um, on the contrary, murder demonstrates a lack of respect for human life. Because life is precious and death irre irrevocable, murder is abhorrent, and a policy of state-authorized killing is immoral. And that's another one that I think is interesting, and, and then I'm going to—and then I'll go back to the comments, but— um, if you were against, if you were a, if you were a small government person, limited government person, I don't know how you could be in favor of the death penalty because I, it's literally the biggest overreach of government really possible to, to, to literally be the, the decider of who lives and who dies, like letting the government make that decision. That's a pretty big overreach to me. And um, I think that's where my that that's where like the basis of my uh, um, issue with with uh, the death penalty comes from is is I don't know that I trust the government to be the one to make that judgment. I do think, as I said, that there are people that are deserving of it, but I, I just don't know that I trust the government and and, and, and and to play to play the devil's advocate. You know, if we don't if we don't trust the government to run healthcare for us, why would we trust them to decide who lives and who dies? Anyway, okay, so. 
So a person with mental illness, like psychopaths and such, is okay to execute, but someone, not someone that consciously chooses to endanger the life of others should be shown leniency. Also, you have mentioned we are a civilized society, but where is any evidence to prove that? Okay, so civilized society is my, my, uh, my hope for, for what we are. Definitely, we have times where we, we prove that we're not a civilized society, but I would like to think that we strive to be. Um, okay, let me let me reread this again. Definitely don't trust Trump to determine who dies. Okay, so a person with mental illness, like psychopaths and such, is okay to execute, but not someone that consciously chooses to endanger the life of others should be shown leniency. I don't. I don't quite even understand what that. I, I don't. Wh- when did I say anything about? So so actually, uh, so if, that's another thing. Constitution has ruled that uh, mental retardation. Uh, is a is a protection against is it is unconstitutional it it it, it is cruel and unusual punishment to execute somebody who is uh, who has a mental incapacity the ability to, to the inability to determine right from wrong again that's not my opinion that's a constitutional point so and I didn't even mention anything about that before that but but fine okay um, and such so is okay to execute, but not someone. And again, it's interesting that like this, this kind of touches on what I was saying earlier at the beginning of the stream, which is it's weird to me to argue with somebody who's like anti-death penalty. Cause like w- w- the first comment, not even the one, not the one that Mark made, but the first one, um, the first one, the, the actual like insulting, you know, cause like I said, Mark was at least, Mark was respectful, you know, trying to just, do some healthy discourse but this other one was just like acting like i was celebrating people burning down buildings and stuff like that um but anyway yeah what i was saying is uh, i think that it should be reserved for the most extreme cases and yes if you have mental issue if you have if you're mentally uh incapable of of uh, determining right from wrong yeah you shouldn't execute those people um there are a lot of people that don't agree with that though there are people that think you should just like you said you know eye for an eye so, okay, Jose said, <clears throat> I don't like the fact that the state has control over who dies and who doesn't when they're so biased. Yeah, and that's, and that's kind of the, that's where I'm at, for sure. I, I don't like the idea that they can make that determination. Um, I'm definitely not one to, to like call for, for martial law or anything like that, or not, not martial law, for um, uh, <laughs> an- anarchy, I guess, um, you know, street justice. But uh, that, that I mean that exists in prison. You know they keep they keep um, child molesters away from the general population for a reason. Um, and I don't think a person like a Ted Bundy uh, would have survived in general population like a day. I I, I just don't see how how. Um, so yeah. Uh, the execution would not go to prison. Right option. I can see his exile. Yeah. So, no. I mean, it, it's it's a good point. Street justice is the same, and executioner in that case would then go to prison. Right. Yeah. That's that's the thing. Like we've entrusted our government to murder. It's it's, it's state sanctioned, but it's premeditated murder. We're deciding that okay, the we have enough evidence here that your life is no longer worth living. And the part that I, the part that I kind of was interested in 
and this is the thing that I was thinking about before I read up on the ACLU stuff. And I don't, I, and I won't spend like too much longer going through the entire website. There's a whole lot of stuff on here. There's one more thing I want to say, but I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to get that in just a minute. But um, I, I get, I get, I get off on tangents. And if I start to say one thing, I'll forget what I was going to say before. So got to be careful <laughs> which direction I go, but yeah. So, so, street justice yes if if you could you could be doing the same the same outcome you you could i mean you could go you could go catch ted bundy and murder him and then you'd go to prison even even if the state eventually would decide that they would kill that's where that's where i have problems with it in in a a vacuum you know and as i said um there are definitely people that I wouldn't have any, I don't, I don't have any tears for being, being put to death. I just, I'm not sure how much I feel comfortable with the government being in charge of that decision. Um, the only other viable option I can see is exile. Yeah. I mean, George Carlin actually had a really, really good bit about that where he talked about like all this, he used all the square States, like all, like all the child molesters go to one state and all the, you know, domestic abusers, murderers go to one state and all the drug dealers or whatever, and just kind of like board them off. And then he was like, you know, put it on the violence network, VNN and, you know, corporate sponsors, Budweiser's will jump on it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, then, then of course you would, you'd probably run into a certain level of, of street justice, I guess, um, within there, but um <clears throat> Anyway, so, all right. The only other one that I was going to say, you know, I, I, okay. Two other ones I was going to say. The first one is a society that respects life does not deliberately kill human beings. Again, this is the ACLU position. An execution is a violent public spectacle of official homicide and one that endorses, endorses killing to solve social problems. The worst possible example to set for the citizenry and especially children. Governments worldwide have often attempted to justify their lethal fury by extolling the purported benefits that such killing would bring to the rest of society. Um, but these benefits are illusory. The bloodshed and the resulting destruction of community decency are real. So there's a lot going on in there. But kind of the big takeaway for me is that, you know, if we're a culture of life, you know, and especially if, if, if you know, if we're all lives matter, which Obviously, that's a heated discussion in and of itself, but there's got to be some kind of consistency there. Um, and the idea that you are, you know, I go back to street justice, too, for a second. You know, as Jose said, we 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 put those people in prison. If you commit street justice, whatever that may be, you're going to be picked up by the state and the state is going to commit their state sanctioned street justice on you. But how does that what kind of what kind of uh, example does that set for your society? You're, you're showing them, well, we decide, we decide when it's worthy of death. You can't make that decision, but we'll make that decision for you. If you try to make the decision, we'll kill you. Um, and then again, and children too. And, and this was something that I brought up actually in my other channel about, about the sort of example that you set for your kids. And, and uh, you know, when I was talking about like, how I described Donald Trump to my six-year-old son, uh, not politically, I don't talk, I don't talk politics, but talking about his character and his act and his things he says, not being the kind of 
man that I would want my son to emulate and be like. So, and, and then, um, and then the last one being that it's not a deterrent to capital crimes. And this will, this will be the last thing I say, and then I'll, I'll respond to any more. If there's any more comments. Um, the, the only thing I wanted to say about this was again, now th- this is backed up by the research that, that I'm going to show the link for um, that. It's not a deterrent. And um, it, it says a punishment can only be an effective deterrent if it's consistently and prompt, promptly employed capital punishment cannot be administered to meet these conditions. So then we kind of talked about that already, the, the disparity in, in the, the application of that particular punishment. One of the thing they said was that if, if, punishment was a deterrent to crime uh if if the death penalty was a deterrent to crime um then life imprisonment to a rational person would be just as much of a deterrent because you'd be you're put away forever but again the 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 research has shown that that's not the case and uh if you look at states that have the death penalty versus states that don't have the death penalty the states that have the death penalty have higher murder rates than the states that don't. Again, this is not my opinion. Um, you can you can look these up, and I will. And like I said, I'm going to post the link. Um, okay, so what led me to this kind of line of thought was just the idea that if we if we accept the premise that the death penalty doesn't deter crimes, okay, again. This isn't based on my opinion. This is based on the research that I'm reading. But if we accept that, if we take that as a, as a given, that it that doesn't deter crime, and we take it as a given that um, putting somebody away for life or putting them to death would have the same effective impact on our society, not not on the victim's family, because as we said at the beginning, you can't sit on the jury for, if, if, if you're, you know, dad, for example, or wife or whatever, if somebody close to you is killed, you can't sit on that person's jury because obviously there's a conflict of interest there. But aside from all that, if the outcome on society was the same, if someone was executed or somebody was put in prison for life, then it starts to get tricky for me. And how do you justify executing the person? You're, you're purely doing it out of a vengeance and it's, it's an emotional response. It's not, it's not based in logic. You're doing it because you are vengeful and you think the person should die. Again, I'm saying that by also at the same time acknowledging that I have that feeling too in certain situations. Again, I go back to like the extreme cases, the Ted Bundy types the Susan Smiths, who this was like for people that jumped on a little bit late. Susan Smith, who drowned her two young boys who were 18 months and four years old. She's going to be out in four years. She's going to be up for parole in 2024. She was put away, I think, in 95, 96. She's going to be out in possibly four years. Um, Scott Peterson was the other example. He murdered his pregnant wife was sentenced to death in the early 2000s, just earlier this year, got that, got that switch up. So now he's in prison for life. Those are just a couple of the examples that when we're talking about the misapplication, the, you know, just the inconsistency on it. Um, 
but anyway, that was just kind of the thought that I had on it. You know, um, does that make it cruel and unusual if if it's a if it's a punishment that doesn't have any tangible effect on the on of the outcome, the intended so-called purpose of the punishment? Um, there's also supposed to be a rehabilitation factor. Obviously, there are people that should be put away because of the risk to society. I, I totally get behind that. Um, I don't think that Susan Smith should ever see the light of day. I think that she should not be allowed to leave prison. Um, but, you know, that, that here we are. Anyway, okay. I didn't, I did say I didn't want this one to be too long. Um, that's the good thing about doing this by myself too, because I can just cut off. Let's see here. Okay, Street Justice, the only other option. Oh, message retracted. Hmm. Uh, there's no way I can go see. All right, well, I wonder what that's I wonder what that said. All right. Murder is a very effective deterrent if taught the value of our if if taught the value of our mortality. Hmm. Yeah, I know I can get behind that. I think that I think that speaks to actually, you know, that's that's a good point. That is interesting because okay, I was spelling I was worried like you said something like F you, and then you're like, ah, oh, maybe I shouldn't say that. Um but yeah, I no, I think that's a good point. Actually, I appreciate that point because I think that 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 speaks to part of the issue, which is you're not dealing with rational people. That's why some of these punishments don't really work. Um, life in prison or death penalty, if they worked, if they actually worked as a deterrent, we wouldn't have crime. Because for it to work as a deterrent, people would have, that would mean people would be thinking rationally and thinking, you know, wow, maybe I shouldn't murder that person because I don't want to never see light of day again in my life. Um, another example from my dad, who, as I said, was a lawyer. So he always had, you know, kind of different ways of looking at this. We were talking about premeditation and intent when it comes to, you know, we always talk about it in the bigger picture things like murder, but, um, premeditation is something that can happen very quickly. Um, he, he used to talk about like running a red light. Like if you're, if you're approaching an intersection and you know, you're in that situation where it's, it's yellow and you're like, I think I can make it, but maybe I can't, but uh, hell with it. I'm just going to do it anyway. And you just go. And sometimes, sometimes you made it, sometimes you don't make it, but you just go anyway. If you had a chance to, to premeditate that, to, to really decide if you had a chance to stop time for a second and even just take like 30 seconds or a minute to kind of deliberate, you would never, ever run the light, like never. But we do it all the time. I mean, I've, I've done it for sure. I've definitely like, yeah, you're just, you're just going down the road, you know. But if you had a chance to think about it, you would think, wow, what's my risk versus reward? Jose and I were just, were just talking about this a couple of days ago, your risk versus reward. Uh, your risk versus reward for running a red light is never there. Like it's, I mean, unless you're like, you know, extreme emergencies type situation with, you know, somebody in dire situation in your car, like it's, it's never ever justified to run the light because of the risk. The risk is obviously the worst case scenario is death and your gain is what two minutes 
but that's kind of like in a very simplified way of thinking about premeditation and the heat, the, the power of the heat of the moment. Um, yeah. So jury of your peers is flawed. The geographic area of the defendant needs to be shrunk. Hmm. Interesting. The G, the geographic area. Oh, you mean like it needs to be like, it needs to be people that are geographically closer to where you live. Is that what you mean? I think that that kind of makes sense. I could, I could get behind that. I think, yeah, I think that, I mean, in the case of like Brandon Bernard, for example, um, eight of the nine people on his jury were, were white. Um, and you know, I'm not, I'm not like deliberately trying to make it about race, but if, if we're going to be real about it, a jury of your peers, you know, there's gotta be some kind of reflection of society you know, you look outside now, like, you know, white people are still, I, I think, <clears throat> the majority race, but it's not overwhelming. It's not eight to one. So I, I don't think it's an eight to one ratio. You know, I'm, I'm my, my, my family. I mean, I'm, I'm married in interracial, I'm in an interracial marriage. So my kids are, are not just white, and, you know, and then more and more, more and more of that is happening. So it's only going to get to a higher degree. So yeah, no, I, I can, I can definitely um, get behind that. Yeah, my peers in my neighborhood look way different than my peers two miles south. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, yeah, that's for sure. Um, and yeah, I think well, and you know, and that also kind of speaks to just the difference between now and when the Constitution was written, right? I mean, when the Constitution was written, there was thirteen states, and. Africans weren't considered peers. They weren't given, and, I, and I'm, I'm saying African because obviously they, they, I mean, these are people that were brought from Africa. They were not considered citizens. They weren't considered people. They were not the peers that they were talking about when they were writing this up. Um, so yeah, it's definitely not a, um, it's, it's inherently, yeah, it's going to be inherently flawed. I think when it's coming from, a, a, from that foundation um so so yeah anyway i hope i hope everybody kind of got where i was coming from i don't think that anybody here was the person that left that first comment um because i i'm assuming i would have heard from that person by now um <clears throat> but i'm pretty sure that's just one of those people that is, uh, is just passing through and probably saw the name and um, pro probably hopefully won't ever hear from that person again, <laughs> but if they do, then, you know, maybe that's when we'll start doing the, the moderating again. But, uh, well, I, um, I'll, I'll wait another minute or two to see if there's any more comments, but, um, yeah, this was fun. I, I I'm glad everybody was able to be here and, um, yeah, neither were women. Livestock, yeah, livestock had more rights than women or people of color at the time of the Constitution. So, yeah, and I think that that's like, you know, that's one of those things that I feel like that gets glossed over a lot. Um, definitely, definitely in our education system, uh, you know, we, we don't do enough acknowledging that. You know, we cite the Constitution, but um, that you know that there's a reason why it's a living, breathing document. You know, it's supposed to be. That's why we have what twenty eight amendments to it because we're always having to figure stuff out as we go along. Um, it, it is it is interesting too. Like my son is in kindergarten now, and he um, they were doing Columbus Day 
And they were, I mean, they were talking about Columbus the same way they did when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, I've learned a lot about Christopher Columbus since I was little. And the Christopher Columbus that you learn about when you read history is not the Christopher Columbus that they teach you in kindergarten, but they're still teaching that in kindergarten. I thought that was kind of, I was kind of surprised by that, but I think it, it, it shows like we still have a long way to go um, to, (laughs) to teaching, you know, our real history to, to getting to a place of like real education. Uh, We're definitely not there yet. I know that, like this year with with Black Lives Matter and everything, I mean, it's, Black Lives Matter has been going on for a few years now, but particularly this year with George Floyd and everything that came out of that, you know, I, I reflected back on my my education growing up. You know, I came of age in the in the early to mid '90s, and um, yeah, I, I I grew up thinking that racism didn't exist anymore. I mean, I really I did. I, I and I you know I was blessed to live in an area where people there was diversity and, and there wasn't really racial tension or anything like that. I grew up in a, you know, a nice diverse area. Um, and then I grew up and, and uh, social media starts coming out and cell phone cameras start coming out and you see that there's still a lot of tension out there. And, and I think that I think a lot of the start with education Um the argument is the right of life versus the right of retribution. So, yeah, no, I like, I, <laughs> again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that like, I'm, I, I'm saying that people should just go out there and take the law into their own hands. But I do think that, I, I do think that I, I would have a certain respect for, the um the personal side of it like yeah i'm not saying that that's i'm not saying that's right i want to put that out there because there's like i said there's a reason why you can't be on the jury like for your son like if your son was the defendant or if your son was killed like you can't be on the jury there's a reason for that and i do think it's a good reason um but yeah there's also something to be said it's kind of like going to war you know people that they don't send their own kids to war. They send your kids to war. You know, they, they, they don't, they're not sending themselves or their own kids. Um, so yeah, it's, it's easy to say, uh, but, but see, and then, then therein lies kind of my, my issue with state sanctioned executions. You know, are you gonna, you're, you're not, you're not going to send your son to die. You wouldn't do it, but you would do it to, for somebody else. You know, I kind of, feel like that's kind of problematic. I think at the end of the day, um, and this is where I get into my idealistic, Chris, I would like to think that we, we would outgrow um, that kind of need for retribution. If it, if it wasn't going to change the outcome, if it changed the outcome, that's a whole different story. Um, but also if you were like to annihilate the government completely and you just lived in a, like a socialist, um, not social, that's not the right word, like a tribal almost, like a tribal type um, where everybody kind of like a communal society, everybody kind of lived on their own with, together. I mean, then you could kind of make more of an argument for um, 
a death penalty it just for the sake of the safety of the of your community or, or like as mark said earlier exile um but yeah you would have to have some kind of removal i mean which is what prison is but they're still geographically there um but anyway yeah i i think i rambled on enough for an hour um but yeah i like i, I appreciate everybody for being here and uh and keeping keeping it live with the comments and everything um i know jose and i are working this weekend so and uh and then i know like Farrell, you're out on the east coast so you got to go to bed too so um but thank you for everybody that's been here i appreciate the dialogue and uh feel free to go back and uh watch the beginning if you want and maybe if you if you're if you're uh having insomnia and you need help going to sleep sometimes uh, watching me apparently can put people to sleep. Um, has a three branch government system model failed? Um, man, as soon as I, every time I try to leave, somebody asks a really good question. Um, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think, uh, I, I don't think in theory, I think it's a good concept, but it's only as it's only as good. <laughs> yeah. Another video. No, I appreciate that. That tells me that I'm doing something that you want to see, I guess. <laughs> That's always a good thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, just briefly, like, yeah, I think that, I think the concept of the three branches of government is good. I mean, I think it makes sense. I think that the last couple of years have demonstrated that that's only as good as the people running it though. And, and the people that we vote in, um, you know, just the, the impeachment of Donald Trump just showed me how failed our system of checks and balances is because he, I mean, he literally defied subpoenas. Like he, he just defied court orders to, to testify. If Bill Clinton had done that, then he never would have been impeached because it was him testifying that he hadn't committed a sexual act with Monica Lewinsky. That was the basis for his impeachment for, for lying about it. So if he just ignored it, but that's kind of like sets a bad precedent. If like, if the president can just not respond to a, to a court order and like, nobody gives a shit. Like it didn't, it didn't matter. There's that's why the three branches of the government are supposed to be there to, to have that check. And, uh, and yeah, it doesn't, it, it, it didn't work. The system failed. Uh, and a, another example, even right now, like, uh, you know, I don't know what your opinion is on these lawsuits. Um, but you know, Donald Trump has this thing with, uh, this apparently, um, scandalous election and he's provided no evidence for it. His case is getting thrown out of conservative courts again and again and again because there's literally no evidence he's just he's just creating you know he's just gaslighting this issue um but the thing where i'm going with it is you know when we're talking about the checks and balances that's actually a crime like to to uh do a false lawsuit like where you know it's bullshit like that's that's literally a crime um they were i was just they were just talking about, I think it was on the David Pakman show the other day. <clears throat> they were talking about it. I'm not sure if it's a federal crime, but I would imagine it probably is when it's the president. Um, I, I, I'm not 100% sure on that, but I would 
I wouldn't be surprised if it's the president like doing false false lawsuits. But again, like nobody cares. He's everyone's just like, oh, you know, there he goes again, you know, whatever. Like, oh well, just chucks, we'll just wait till January twentieth and whatever, whether he's in Mar-a-Lago or wherever he is, he's Biden will be president and then that'll be the end of it. But he's still like lying. Like he's he's doing he's doing lawsuit after lawsuit. Like and that's a crime. Like he's committing crimes every day. And then he's just like going up on stage, just like lying to, to the American public, like every day. And, and nobody cared. Like, but that's the, the sad thing is like our bar has gone so low now as a society that we're kind of just like, Oh, you know, that's just Trump being Trump again. And it's like, man, I hope that someday we can, um, we can go back to like having some kind of level of decency and um, standards. Um, but w- why I kind of got into that was because on the, the question of three branch government system model failed, that's kind of why I feel like it has failed in practice. Um, again, that, that, and, and I think, I think Mark said it, said it perfectly. A concept is only good if the execution works as intended. Um yeah, no, I think that's a good way to put it. And I think that's, uh, that kind of sums up sort of what I was saying about the death penalty too. So yeah, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave that. That's a good note to, to leave it on. No. Okay. Mark's, I'm laughing so hard. Odd, but true. He is like the crazy guy talking to himself. Just let him be, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, but he's the president. See, that's the thing that like, that's the thing that is weird to me. It's like, he's not a stand-up comedian. Like he's not, he's not up there roasting people. Like he's the, he's the president, <laughs> but yeah, like we've just collectively, it's, it, it, you have to laugh at it. You know, you have to laugh at these things so that you don't pull your own head off because it's insane. It's crazy times we're living in. But anyway, um, yeah, no, Mark, I appreciate it. And, you know, Jose was actually saying that, that you are like a true 10th man, like one of those types of people that will, um, that will like argue with you just to, just to kind of check you a little bit, which I, I appreciate that. I think maybe that's where Jose gets that from. Cause Jose has a li- he has a little bit of that too. Um, but it's good, you know, keep people on their toes. Um, and, and yeah, the other thing, only other thing I was going to say was that like, I, I think that, I think that the Trump administration, for me anyway, now this is just my opinion, but I think it's illustrated that the presidency has too much power. I don't, I don't think that we, I don't think that one person should like, like if we're talking about the three branches, right? Judicial, legislative, executive, the judicial branch, Supreme court, legislative is Congress. And then the executive is the president. I mean, okay, the Trump administration, the White House, you know, the executive branch, chief of staff, you know, secretary of defense, whatever, like all these different positions. Okay, sure, they make it up. But effectively, it's the president. The president is the one. He's he's the commander in chief. Like he's literally the boss. They don't they don't have that. Like, yeah, they have a chief justice, but he has the same say that he doesn't have like a higher vote on the court than anybody else same with the senate you have a you have a senate you know majority leader and they they facilitate but they don't 
have any higher say, but the president is literally the chief of, he's the, he's the commander in chief and he has these executive powers. And I mean, the fact that he can pardon people, you know, and again, this, like this, I, I can get off on tangents really easily here, but um, that, and that also gets into part of my issue with aside from the death penalty, like forget about even if Brandon Bernard deserved to die. I, I had problems with the fact that we had a federal moratorium on death penalties for 17 years. And then Donald Trump brings them back and he's going on, like he's literally going on a killing spree right now. He's going to, he just executed another one on Friday. I believe that was number six and he's going to have 13. If, if every execution that he has planned goes through, he will have executed 13. I believe it was 13 people before Biden takes office and Biden is extremely, extremely anti-death penalty. So this just reeks of just Donald Trump spite. Because if Donald Trump really gave a shit about death penalty, about you know serving justice, right, bringing back, why didn't he do it his first year? Why did he only start doing it this year, right before the election? It's unprecedented that, that they, the outgoing president in a lame duck session doesn't preside over executions, even even regardless of 17-year moratorium. Before that, last 100 years, Grover Cleveland was the last person to do that. And those were three black people that were executed in that period of time between the election and the inauguration. So that is, is also a very large part of why I had problems with the execution because of the circumstances around it. Um, and also, and that's kind of a, that's actually a conservative position. Um, again, talking about small government earlier, you know, the Republican, like the tradi- traditional, I don't know what Republican Party has become lately, but the traditional Republican position is supposed to be the states decide, right? The individual states. So states should decide. California, we don't do death penalty anymore, but some states too. Some states do. But if that's your position, then you're supposed to say the states are supposed to decide. These are not states. These are federal executions. That's big government for you. Anyway, that that's kind of why I had an issue with with what's going on because it just reeks of spite and just doing this to, to spite Biden because he's anti-death penalty and just doing it because hell I'm on my way out. But in the meantime, I'm going to, I'm going to pardon Flynn, you know, I'm going to pardon whoever else he's going to pardon on the way out. He's going to try to pardon himself or maybe he'll resign two days before. I don't know, but fortunately he's also got state. He's also got state. um, um, Getting tired state allegations against himself, which he can't, you can't pardon for that, you can only pardon for federal crimes. Oh, Dana's here. You get a notification that you're on. I'll have to watch the Oh, bummer. Oh man, okay. Well, I I hope that you didn't stay up all this time because I know you're in the, you were saying you were in the East Coast. Oh man, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I, um, I commented to you that I was gonna try to start a little bit early, but um, yeah, these, these, um, these live streams are weird. They, uh, I don't know how it works. I think they show up like in a, in the feed, but I don't, I don't know if it like, maybe it depends on, um, maybe it just depends on how much you like me. Cause like, I think if you watch a lot of my videos, maybe it shows up more. Cause I know that's how it is with me. Like when I go on YouTube, like whoever I've been watching more of lately will be the first one to show, but I, I don't know how it works with live videos, but, um, 
yeah, that notification bell. Um, oh yeah, that's true. Thank you, Mark, for the plug there too. Cause that's the thing, like I, I've never, I've never been big on that. Um, hmm, gosh, Farrell's saying it doesn't always show up when you have notifications on. I don't know, but, but definitely, yeah. Like if you subscribe and then hit the notification bell, um, allegedly, but then even like Farrell said that she has the notifications on, but she didn't see the notification. Um, I commented to her that I was doing this video. Fortunately that, that worked. Cause, um, anyway, okay. Now we got seen every time I start to leave, we start to get action in the chat again. Uh, I decided to do laundry while I waited for you and then YouTube didn't let me know. Uh, curse, curse you, YouTube. Well, maybe, maybe uh, inadvertently we were able to help you be productive. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's a silver lining we can say because of, because you were waiting for this. Uh, but I feel bad though. That sucks. I, I, um, I would have liked to have you in the chat, especially because early on I was really, I was really getting into the semantics and the, um, the constitutionality of the death penalty and, uh, yeah, well, we'll definitely do this again. Um, it, yeah, that's cool. I appreciate I appreciate you guys for commenting and, and thanks to Mark um, for the idea on the three branches of government. That's a good good talking point. Um, schedule out and set up time on YouTube, and we'll send out a reminder. Yeah, um, I'm a notification on. Yeah, see, I don't know why that some people have notifications and still don't get. Um, that's a good point. I do. I actually was doing that the last couple of weeks and I like that because when you schedule it, it also gives people a chance to like, Oh, Hey, he's going to go live. Maybe I'll set aside some time so I could watch. Um, it's just sometimes some like last week I just had stuff going on. And this, this week I kind of decided last minute, I actually, I wasn't, I wasn't going to do live uh, i was going to take a break for a couple of weeks but then this stuff with the with the executions just kind of got heated and i got uh, i got a lot of response on a couple of the videos so i wanted to respond to those but but yeah i i kind of i do this to the level of interest so if people are around then maybe i'll i'll try to keep coming back every week because uh it's definitely good my first couple of times doing this um, a couple of them I had, I had nobody on and I just was just talking and then a couple of them I'd, I'd have like one, one or two, but it's cool. Even, even having just like five, there's, there's enough for a dialogue. So that's cool. All right. Uh, before anybody says anything, I'm going to get out of here. Um, thanks everybody for being here. Dana, I'm really sorry that you missed the beginning. Um, hopefully next time uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do an earlier, um, an earlier uh, notification whatever you want to call it, um, schedule. But uh, thanks, everybody, for being here. And uh, I'll talk to you all again really soon. Hope you guys get some sleep, especially over there on the East Coast. And uh, have a great rest of your night. And remember, don't be afraid to question the consensus. <laughs>